right. Well, for fear of making all my kids roll their eyes, there's a thing that happens in our house sometimes. And people ask, what are we going to do fun? What fun thing are we going to do? And I always give pretty much the same answer. Either something sarcastic, like we're going to watch the water dry in these glasses on the table. (laughs) Or I say, fun is about our attitude, not about what we do. Fun is about the, the, the attitude that you bring to the thing. We could do all kinds of boring stuff, and if your attitude is fun, it'll be fun. We could do all kinds of fun things, and if your attitude is boring, it'll be boring, because it's all about your attitude. And that is coming up today when I talk about being thankful and thankfulness. Because you can think, oh man, if a whole bunch of good stuff happened to me, then I'd be really thankful. But in reality, if you're thankful, you start to recognize all the good things that are happening to you. Even terrible things. You can find good things in the terrible things. Uh, Driving here this morning, I wonder, there's a stretch from about uh, Garvin all the way to about Fulton that I don't understand why there aren't a whole bunch of wrecks there on the Lloyd. Because you see that sign that has the Powerball number and like what the Powerball winnings are. And then my mind is just gone. I'm like, oh my gosh, $200 million. Like, what would that be like to win $200 million? And then all of a sudden I'm on Fulton. And I'm like, oh, I haven't been paying attention to anything. I was off in La La Land writing y'all checks and like having parties and stuff. We can decide what kind of mood we want to have, right? We can decide how, what attitude we want to have with things, and then we can do it. And Jesus did this, and we really see how Jesus did this when we look at the New Testament. And I just did a word search for the word thanks, and thankful, and I thank you. And there's only four times... What? There's only four times that Jesus said thank you. Now this doesn't mean that he wasn't a thankful person. We know that he was thankful. We know all kinds of things that he did were thankful. But actually recorded by the guys that wrote the Gospels, uh, there's times where he tells other people that they were thankful. There's times that he mentions about giving thanks. There's times in parables where he talks about people in the parables being thankful. But I am looking just at Jesus himself saying thanks or I thank you. And there's only four recorded times. So I can tell you all day long, be thankful. And there would be a lot of credit to that. And it would be really good if you could just be thankful. But I'm not going to leave you with that. Um, I'm going to just paint a couple pictures here of how Jesus was thankful And wow, gosh, if he was thankful the way he was thankful there, and he's living in me right now, Christ is living in me, he's still thankful, he can be thankful in these same kinds of circumstances. So you're probably thinking in your head right now, oh man, where was Jesus thankful? Where was Jesus thankful? All right, we're going to, the first one is in Matthew 11. In Matthew 11, 
they're, they're just walking along. They're just kind of doing his uh, traveling teacher thing that Jesus did. And he declares. So he's just praying out loud. But he's also teaching because the disciples want to hear how Jesus prays. So Jesus prays out loud a lot so they can learn to pray the same way. So this is Matthew eleven twenty five. Jesus says, at this time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son reveals Him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So here's Jesus teaching the disciples. And it, it, Jesus is kind of overwhelmed that God is revealing himself to people. And they aren't the rich people. They aren't the people that can read all these great books and learn all this amazing stuff. That God's revealing himself to the simple, simple people. And Jesus is excited about that and he's thankful and he's relieved. And part of that revelation to those people is not that they have to do a whole bunch of stuff. Like the revelation of God's love for us isn't, so now you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. It's Jesus saying, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So, going back to the Lloyd Expressway, my my problem I have. Do you know how much trouble my life, how complex my life would be if I had $200 million? Gosh! Like, I have trouble keeping a lawnmower in my backyard. If I had a... I don't know, I'd probably only spend a million dollars on one more if I had $200 million. How complexity, how hard that is, right? Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me. I'm gentle, I'm lowly in heart, you'll find rest for your souls. I was talking to a guy this week and um, they're going through some really hard stuff and his family and, and some of his friends and just this really hard thing. He said... The problem is there's no playbook for this. There's no guide to guide us through this crisis. And I said, no, there's bad news. There is a playbook for it in the Old Testament. And all these people should be stoned to death and killed. But Jesus died on the cross and took their sin. And so the playbook we go by now is love and forgiveness and mercy. That is the yoke that is easy and his burden is light. We don't have to live by the Old Testament law and we don't have to fear God. And that's what Jesus was thankful for. I thank you, Father, that you've revealed these things to the simple. That not only is God revealing it to the simple, but God is making it simple for the simple.
Wow. So there's another time that Jesus gave thanks. And this is a little bit related, but a little bit not. Jesus, this time when he gave thanks, he had tears in his eyes from crying. We're not totally sure all the depth of it. We just, it doesn't say and we don't know. But it's when his friend Lazarus died. And this is in John 11. So Jesus, Jesus went to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus a lot. There's one guy that wrote a book, and it's called Jesus' Favorite Place on Earth. And it's all about their house and all the things that Jesus did at their house. It was one of Jesus' favorite spots to go to and to visit and to hang out and to sit around and to teach. And Lazarus died. And this is where you have the shortest verse of the Bible, right? Jesus wept. Jesus cried that Lazarus was dead. He goes to the tomb. He says, take away the stone. People protest. They go, whoa, Jesus, he's been dead for four days. Don't do this. This is bad. Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. So we don't know what Jesus said, but Jesus out loud says, Father, I thank you that you heard me, that you heard my prayer. I know that you always hear me, but I'm saying this right now for all the people standing around so they will believe that you sent me. So Jesus is thanking God for hearing him, but he's saying out loud, thank you for hearing me. Because I need to let all these people know that this isn't just luck. That this isn't just a fluke or something messed up. That I actually asked you to do this and now you're doing it. And I thank you that you heard me. So he says that. And then you know what he says next. Lazarus come out. And out comes Lazarus raised from the dead. So first of all, Jesus is thanking God that he's revealing himself, that he's revealing his good news to simple people. And then next, Jesus is thanking God the Father for hearing him and listening to him and answering him. Isn't that wild? Usually we pray for something and then we get it. And then we pray and we thank God that we get it. Thank you, Lord, that you gave us this new refrigerator. Jesus' pattern right here is, Lord, I want this to happen. Thank you, Lord, for doing this. And I'm thanking you out loud so everybody around hears that you did it. Wow. Now, this isn't a uh, program. This isn't a method. This isn't a a formula. Uh, I've been around people that got mad at me when we prayed for something because they thought that I was praying and didn't believe it. And so I was going to make it not happen because I didn't believe it. And I was like, okay, the power isn't on me. Whether I believe it or not, the power is on God. So don't get mad at me, right? So don't warp that to manipulate it to think that you can make God do what you want. Praise Him for listening. Praise Him for listening. 
even when Jesus had been crying over the death of Lazarus, he was still thanking God for hearing him raise Lazarus from the dead. All right, we only got two more. They're getting a little bit weirder. So this is one that you probably, everybody's going to go, oh yeah, sure. Because you all thought of this one. This one is all, all the gospel writers list this one. This is in Matthew 15. There's this crowd of thousands of people and they're all listening to Jesus teach all day long. And the disciples say, Jesus, you got to send these people home. They're going to be hungry and they got to eat and we don't have enough to give them. Where are we going to get enough food for all these people? Jesus says to these guys, how much, how much bread do you have? Because it was a common thing. You'd get these little flatbreads and you'd kind of pack them with you. It's kind of like a cliff bar or a granola bar. Uh, it was something that it wouldn't mash up because it was already flatbread. They're like, we have seven and a couple fish. He tells the people to sit down. He took the seven loaves and the fish. And having given thanks, he broke them and gave them out to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. So here's Jesus. He doesn't have... right. Talk about me giving thanks for winning the $200 million lottery, thinking I would give thanks if I had abundance. Here is Jesus giving thanks when it's obvious that he does not have enough. It's really blunt and plain that he does not have enough. But he is thankful for what he does have. He's got nothing. I mean, really, for 4,000 people, a few loaves of bread is, is uh, just laughable. I mean, in one of the Gospels, they do laugh, right? It's just, it's like a comedy. It's like, what, what a fool that he would give thanks for that little amount. So here we are, and we're in different situations, and different things happen during the week, and different people we interact with, and we don't have enough. We don't have enough patience. We don't have enough mercy like we think we should have mercy. We don't have enough knowledge. I don't, I don't even know how to do, right? Like stuff at my job. Stuff to, to fix a runny faucet. I've got, a, I've got like five loaves of bread for these 4,000 problems. And even in that, Jesus gave thanks. And isn't it great? It doesn't say that afterwards Jesus gave thanks. He gave thanks when all he had was the seven loaves. He didn't give thanks. I mean, theoretically, being a thankful person, he gave thanks when they brought back the leftovers. But what's noted is that he was thankful when he had nothing. Wow. Do you see how all these are little? He gave thanks when he realized that God was revealing himself to little people that weren't powerful. Like, I pray a lot. I pray a lot for influential people. There's a book that was out, I don't know, it might have been 15 years ago. 
and it was 365 days of prayer for the most influential people in the world. And every day it would have like Michael Jackson, you know, Taylor Swift, President Trump. I mean, not 15 years ago, but you know what I mean. Praying for these very influential people with the hope that if one of these really influential people would get saved, then they would just be able to preach the gospel to so many people. And I've learned since then that that's not exactly true because there's word that Justin Bieber got saved. And that's awesome for him, but he's not, you know, if he releases a gospel album, everybody's going to be suspicious of Justin Bieber, right? It's this little bitty, Jesus is thanking God that it's these little bitty, weak, not influential people that are getting the gospel. And then Jesus is thankful that all the people, these little people, this big act of raising somebody from the dead that all these little people around heard Jesus pray and ask for that. And now Jesus is thanking God for these little few loaves of bread that are nothing for 4,000 people. Isn't that wild? In all of these, Jesus really... He's given thanks for stuff that hasn't happened yet. Or He's given thanks for, for stuff that we don't usually think that we would give thanks for. We would give thanks for 3,000 people coming to the Lord in a day, right? We'd give thanks for having food for 4,000 people, not not having food for 4,000 people. So then there's one more. And this one is really crazy. In the whole theme of giving thanks beforehand, giving thanks when it's small, being thankful, really seeing that God has given us something tiny. This is in Matthew 26. We just finished going through the Gospel of Matthew. So if you hear me say Matthew 26, your little calculator timeline in your head is like, oh, this is near the end because there's only 28 chapters in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus is at the Last Supper. He is at the Last Supper. And they're talking about, he is telling them he's going to be betrayed. Someone is going to betray him. It's Matthew 26, 23. He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. This isn't, uh, everybody can see it. This is, we're at Hacienda and we're passing the bowl of salsa around so we know that somebody at the table, right? Somebody who shared salsa with me, so to speak. The Son of Man goes as it is written of Him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he wouldn't have ever been born. And this is Jesus' friends. It wouldn't be a betrayal if one of His enemies killed Him. That's what enemies do. It's a betrayal because it's one of His friends. And they're talking through that. Then Jesus says, he passes out the bread and he blesses it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take this. This is my body broken for you. This is what we do when we do communion, right? He's passing out the Passover bread, the unleavened, pure, sinless, broken, pierced bread represents him. 
And he says, eat this. This is my body. I'm, I'm going to be broken for you guys. Then he takes the cup. And this is the cup of redemption, of purpose. This is a, a purchase of buying back and redeeming. And he gives thanks. And he gives it to them and he says, drink this, all of you. It's the blood of a covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So with the cup in his hand that represents a promise and a covenant between God and man, a promise that Jesus is making to die for their sins, he gives thanks. He thanks God for this cup that's going to put us into a covenant relationship with him. He thanks God for His own blood that's going to be poured out for the forgiveness of sins. That's how much He loves us. It's not just that He loves us, that He's going to die on the cross, and He's going to pay for our sins, He's going to rise from the dead and put away death forever, but He's actually thankful for it, and He's glad it's going to happen. Isn't that wild? So that's another little thing. All right. So in all of this, we got to look at what the words are. The first one, when he says, I praise you, God. I thank you, God, that you revealed these things to the small. That word thankful kind of means thankful, but it's more proclaiming your credit. So Gracie plays the violin for the wedding yesterday. And the, there's the, the mother of the groom was sitting here and she's like, who is that? And it was like I was saying, thank you, Grace, for playing the violin. But instead, I proclaimed to this lady, that's my daughter. <laughs> that proclamation that gives honor to somebody, that's what they translated as thank you. When Jesus said, thank you, Father, for revealing these things to the simple, it was, I'm proclaiming this to give honor to somebody. The other three thank yous that I said today are the Greek word Eucharisto. And if that sounds familiar, it's where we get the word Eucharist. And it is two words, charis, which means grace and undeserving, and you, which is being happy to receive. And so here we are. Jesus is thanking God and happily receiving the undeserved gift of bread when there isn't enough. Hearing our prayers. God hearing our prayers, but it hasn't been answered yet. And Jesus is happily receiving the undeserved gift of Him being able to make a covenant with us to be with us forever, and to die for our sins. Every one of these is not deserved. We did nothing to deserve any of these things. And we see in all of these, Jesus is happy to give them to us. Let's upgrade it one more, and then we'll be done. Jesus is happy to give them to us, even though we're dirtbag sinners. Because none of this happened 
before I believed in him. I didn't believe in him until 1997, 96. But he did all of this with the foresight, watching and seeing. I love, I love you so much, I'm going to do this. I can see when it's going to happen. And so with all of that in your pocket and in your heart and in your soul, be thankful. Have an attitude of thankfulness. And look at how easy it is because it was easy for Jesus to have an attitude of thankfulness when little bitty things were happening, when he didn't have enough, and when he was going to suffer and receive the glory of God and it hadn't even happened yet. We can call on those same reasons to be thankful. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you have revealed these things to the simple and to the small. I thank you that you help us along all the time and that you do hear and answer our prayers. And I thank you, Lord, that you take care of us and you lead us along even through Um, even through death, even through difficulty, even when we don't have enough to do anything and we need you, you always provide and you always deliver. And we thank you and we praise you for that, Lord. Amen. All right. Let's stand and sing number 420 together. encourage you, you can bring up that conversation. Did you know Jesus was thankful four times? 
And you can share those too because everybody you talk to is something, someone Jesus was thankful for. God bless you. Amen.